0: Hello, everybody and welcome to another week of rotating reels i'm one of your hosts hank showalter and joining me today are my co-host keegan tran
1: so that's what that birthmark was
0: and taylor may <laughs> taylor has finally amped up the energy and we all appreciate <laughs> him for it so uh as you may have gotten from taylor's little introduction this week we're back to our rotating A week, B week structure and we're going to be reviewing a uh, recent release uh, as part of our A week. So that recent release is 2021's Mortal Kombat. It's directed by Simon McCoy and it's based off of the hit video game franchise Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm going to be honest, if anyone in the audience hasn't ever heard of that I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> uh, shoot us an email and let me know if that happens. But so, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about that movie. We're going to start with some non-spoiler stuff, and then we'll spoil the whole movie for you. But before that, <laughs> we've got a couple things to cover. First thing is, uh, we've got a Patreon. Uh, I've mentioned this a number of times, so I, I, you know, I won't beat it into the dirt, but we've got a Patreon if you want a little bit of extra uh, Rotating Reels content, or if you just want to show some support for the show. Uh, and you can find that Patreon at just rotatingreels.com. Type it in your browser; it'll take you there. And uh, for the price of five dollars a month, you can get our multi-monthly rotating reels after-hours episodes uh, that are a lot of fun. They're a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit goofier than the main show. Uh, they have a bit more of a variety of topics than just reviews. Totally worth checking out. I would, uh, I would go check it out if I were you and I were listening to this podcast. Um, but uh, you know, if you don't enjoy the the main show, though, I will say. Um, This week, we're going to have a very special Rotating Reels After Hours episode. In honor of the Oscars, which were last night, we are going to be announcing our picks for the much more prestigious awards, the really good movie awards. Um, So yeah, you know, if you're a Patreon of ours, join us on After Hours and hear uh, all of Keegan, Taylor, and my picks for our uh, favorite really good movies of the uh, Rotating Reels review lineup. It's going to be fun. It's going to be zany. Be sure to check it out.
2: But we have a live studio audience. You know.
0: That's, that's actually not entirely accurate. Uh, it would be more <laughs> accurate to say we don't have a live studio audience.
2: That's true. That's fair.
0: But with that, uh, let's start getting on to this main episode's content, and let's start talking about, uh, first of all, what we've been watching. It's been a little bit since we've done this. Uh, so anyway, Taylor, I'm going to start you off. What have you been watching over the uh, past two weeks, even, since we haven't done this in the past two weeks?
2: All right, Rap- rapid fire, because I got a lot. <laughs> uh, so kept watching HBO's Rome. Uh, I stopped after Caesar died. You know, it's kind of... It's not that good. Jesus. Out. Spoilers. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched uh, Dead Set. Have you guys ever... Have you guys seen that? I feel like you both would. Never one. even I heard know. of that. what the... I had never... Okay, it's really good. So it's... Uh, I'll go a little more detail about it. It's um, basically... It's an episode of Big Brother. So it's a British... It's a British uh, miniseries. I don't know, maybe six or seven episodes. Um, they're not very long, each of them. And uh, it's basically... It's uh, Big Brother... But then there's the zombie apocalypse as the hosts, uh, the contestants are still trapped in the Big Brother house. And so it's about them dealing with it. Um, so, really funny, really good, interesting take on, on zombie stuff. Um, also, watch The Expanse. I, Amazon's always trying to get me to watch it. I'd watch the first couple seasons, and this this latest season, I just am not into.
1: How far in are you? Because I've heard the season two really picks up. Like, I've heard one's a slog, and two's when it really becomes like worthwhile. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, wait—the the the one—the one, the latest one's like season four, isn't
1: it? I think it's five. I think it's yeah, it's a four or five yeah, seasons. Yeah,
2: Okay, yeah. So the whatever the latest season, and it's gotten like stellar reviews, and I don't know why. They've changed all the characters a lot, and it's not it's just not very interesting oh, um, for me. Anyway, yeah, I was a little disappointed. Um, also, started watching Turn. Uh, I think one of you guys recommended that, right? It's the George Washington spies. It's american Revolutionary war and uh it's about uh what little espionage was going on at the time and it's it's pretty good um but the it's just it's just a lot of nonsense also it's like they're, they're trying to make it a little more hip than i think the founding fathers were and so it doesn't work all the time so that got me watching rewatching watching uh, the john adams miniseries starring paul giamatti and that is a treat watching paul giamatti just just go through all sorts of unpleasantness just be too sweaty and then he gets sick just Paul Giamatti with some kind of physical discomfort is when he's at his best I think. <laughs> uh, so love if you want a little more accurate uh, you know revolutionary war stuff the John Adams special is great um i also have been watching more reno 911 nothing to say there mm. um and uh what else here oh i watched uh, pink which is a bollywood film um it's about uh you know broadly about sexual harassment and the complexities that has in modern indian society um pretty good kind of a courtroom drama um but you know it was pretty good some big big bollywood names are in it too so it's kind of fun to see them and in that role Um, and it was it was very popular um, in India as well so cool to see like what a a blockbuster kind of looks like dealing with serious topics Um, and then also tried truth seekers so this is a a new series from um, oh what are those I should look at those guys names the guys that did Shaun of the Dead and Nick uh, Frost and seven pegs yeah exactly and tr- True Seekers is not as funny as it's not like their funniest one because it's it's more frost than it is uh, than it is the other one Simon and I like it I like their stuff better when it's Simon Peg heavy um, so anyway it's it's funny but not not their funniest um, and then last I watched uh, Synchronic, which is from um, I forget the God oh, God I'm forgetting all the names Yeah of it's the, a the direct- a
0: brother right brother brother pair directed and wrote it.
2: Yeah, yeah, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And they did a film we've talked about before that um, it's kind of that culty one. Uh, those guys go to a cult and there's weird time loops and another kind of nonsense. The
0: Endless, yeah. Yep.
2: Endless, <clears throat> ah, there you go. So that movie's great. I love that. I was pretty excited to watch this and I don't know what happened, but this is this is not a good film on any level. The overall plot doesn't make sense. The characters don't – I feel kind of bad for all the actors because they're really trying, but – I don't know. I don't know what happened. They they need to they need to take a break and, and rethink. Because get back to what they did for the endless. Because this did not work at all for me. Um, and that was it. That was what I watched the past couple weeks. Nice.
0: All right. That was yeah. pretty rapid fire. But you got to be when you got so much <laughs> packed in there. Uh, but with that, Keegan, what's been on your TV?
1: So I'm gonna go pretty quick as well. But not because I watched a lot. I want to go quick because I want to actually use most of my time to talk about my experience going back to theaters which I did twice this weekend. I've been vaccinated, and I've had my my week period, my or my multi-week period, build up some antibodies. So things that I watched at home first um, on Netflix, I watched the original Mad Max, 1979. Uh, yeah. So I here's the thing. I never seen this, actually. When I was a kid, I watched uh, Road Warrior and then Thunderdome with my dad. Those are really fun. And then I feel like most film critics and like general movie people would say that Fury Road is like, probably one of the best movies of the 2010s like it's I, I think it's very well regarded as as a film uh this movie's by comparison to the other 3 it's not that far into the apocalypse of, apocalypse of mad max like this is it only says a few years from now so there's still like a semblance of society and like they have radios, television, all this stuff. Uh it's really weird and it's it's very different from the other two. I think there's still some fun to be gleaned from it, but it's like firmly a late 70s B movie. Uh it's like a very young Mel Gibson, so I enjoyed that. Um but uh, uh Fury Road is it set up bar too high to go back and yeah. watch these enjoyably. What else? I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. Um, this is not as good as WandaVision, guys. I think... Uh, I mean, they...
0: surprising no one. Like... Yeah,
1: exactly. I am not a huge fan of these characters from the get-go. I don't really like the Captain America movies that much in the the pantheon of the MCU. Um, it's six hour-long episodes. I think I agree with a lot of people who basically say that there's enough for like a really good two-hour movie in there. There's a lot of good stuff about like what it means to have a black Captain America now. And um, some... It's pretty interesting stuff about like racism and uh, the U.S. government testing on black people back in the you know World War One, World War Two era, which is actually based in some some reality, unfortunately. So really interesting conversations, and then there's four hours of really boring Marvel bullshit <laughs> that that really is is kind of clouds the entire experience. So uh, maybe hit up a YouTube video. Um, I think. <laughs> basically i would just watch a summary i would read a plot summary at this point it's not I'm sure someone's doing. made a fantastic supercut that's two hours or
0: less and watches like a movie
1: yep you know? yeah and i would absolutely push people to watch that because this is it's fine it's i have friends that really enjoy this but it's not my cup of tea at all um i watched demon slayer which is uh, an anime but i watched the new movie which is uh became japan's greatest or it was like their their highest grossing movie of all time it even blew out uh, spirited away and titanic this released in japan in october because they had a functioning government and they got through covid relatively quickly <laughs> <laughs> and they were able to see movies a long time ago so this has been out for a long time um but it just hit the u.s uh theatrical run this is uh, a very very expensive looking anime movie and if you guys like the show this is actually a direct continuation in a way that leads into the upcoming second season and it's actually required viewing which not a lot of anime movies do so i definitely recommend that last thing oh, that I, I watched love oh, required sorry. viewing movies always gets me going
0: um <laughs> and like shove that lore down my throat
1: <laughs> and i mean a lot of anime movies are like non-canon so like a lot of the dragon ball stuff or like pokemon like it doesn't really affect the real world at all well not that any of it does really but <laughs> oh, i was gonna say what you...
0: <laughs> what you mean every episode of dragon ball isn't
1: essential to the plot I don't... <laughs> fair enough fair enough um so the last thing I watched, other than Mortal Kombat, was New Mutants, which is the last X Men movie that Fox made before they got bought out by Disney. This is in development hell for a long, long time. It has some people from Game of Thrones, from Stranger Things, pretty big names. Uh, I watched this with my partner, both of us, uh, when looking at the entire Marvel lineup. Consider X Men probably to be our favorite of that entire um, series. So I was really excited for this. The New Mutants are kind of interesting characters uh this is really bad also i I think i actually watched a lot of trash recently uh we were literally sitting at the end and we thought this is probably the worst movie we've watched in maybe two or three years it's it's really bad oh my god and this just got added to hbo max so they're really pushing people to watch this and i cannot with a good heart say anyone should see this oh no (laughs) oh that's brutal that's brutal the
0: lead actress from the witch is in that too so i was kind of hoping it would be good because she killed it in the witch but
1: now it's I guess I'm not watching her follow-up. <laughs> don't don't watch this at all. Stay stay away, far away as possible. But uh, other than those those are all things I watched at home. The last thing I will say is I watched stuff in theaters. So I watched the Demon Slayer movie in theaters and I watched Mortal Kombat in theaters. So I'm fully vaccinated now. Uh, supposedly safe to go see movies as long as I keep my mask on. I did eat some popcorn, so I took it off here and there. The theatrical experience in 2021 is very very weird. Uh, they are consistently sprinkling in trailers about how often they're cleaning things, almost more so than they're actually showing movie trailers. And I actually saw not one teenager, but teams of four teenagers cleaning <laughs> between each screening. So they're getting pretty serious and you know, two of those teenagers <laughs> are armed with steamers. They actually do have ushers coming through to kind of ensure, at least for my Mortal Kombat showing, that people were trying to keep their mask on if they weren't eating, which was somewhat reassuring. Um, and I would say Mortal Kombat, there was only around 10 people in the entire theater, but Demon Slayer, relatively packed house. I would say about 50% capacity. It was an entirely sold out show given the requirements of what Oregon State can do at the moment. So very, very interesting. It's kind of surreal. I've never been indoors with that many people in the past 14-15 months so it was a very very weird experience i will say i did really miss the theatrical experience of you know people laughing at stuff and when there's kind of quieter moments you hear people giggling and stuff like that i think personally it it adds a lot to the experience so when you guys are fully vaccinated and you feel comfortable to do so i would definitely recommend going back i think our audience is definitely the kind of people that enjoy that kind of experience so i'm really happy to be back in theaters personally
0: oh man i'm jealous uh i I think i'm the only host here who hasn't gotten at least one of his shots and i would love to go to a movie theater but even once i do get my shots i'll probably wait because i'm just that kind of paranoid weirdo Uh, (laughs) um but anyway thanks for telling us what you've been watching this week keegan and uh now before we get into mortal Kombat, i'll do a quick run through of what i've been watching and for me it will be quick not because i've watched a lot but because i haven't watched a lot um so anyway, <laughs> uh, over the past couple weeks, I—I uh, I think I've mentioned last time we did this, but just in case we didn't, I finished all of the forged and fire that was available to me. So my like TV comfort food kind of ran out on me which was devastating. But (laughs) I've used some of that freed up time uh, to watch a couple other things. Uh, So Taylor mentioned a couple weeks ago that he had watched uh, the Q documentary, End of the Storm. Um, I'm not quite done with that, but I'm nearing the end. I watched a good portion of it. And, oh, man, like, watching that thing, you're like, oh, I didn't realize they made people this stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's, it's kind of disheartening to watch, but, you know, in, in a more or less entertaining way. Um, also, in the kind of documentary series vein, I watched Hulu's new uh, c- true crime documentary, Sasquatch, which is following oh, nice. a guy who, like, was on a a pot farm in the early 90s and heard rumors that a Bigfoot had come and killed multiple people on the pot farm. Um, And it's following him, like, in the modern day, trying to track down the people involved in that story and figure out what actually happened. And that's all I'll say for fear of spoiling it, but it's pretty entertaining. Uh, The host is a weird fella, um and uh first i was like oh i'm not sure about guys i know right but uh anyway i will say uh it's more of a true crime piece than like a supernatural piece and you know if you go in expecting him to find bigfoot you might be a little bit disappointed i won't say that he doesn't find bigfoot but you know just be prepared if that's what's going on with you um additionally though I've uh, continued watching a series that I think I've mentioned before. Uh, It's an anime series called The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. it's it's a series i really love it's like a japanese slice of life drama about a high school boy that is pretty much all-powerful due to his latent psychic ability um it's just really goofy really wholesome uh the episodes are in there like each episode is only about 20 minutes long and it's a series of like four to five short vignettes in the life of the psychic boy Really heartwarming, really charming. Uh, I've been watching it while I've been taking like the Duolingo course on Japanese, so I, you know I, I pick up on like a few words here and there. And when they have something written out in Hiragana, I'm like, ooh, I at least know the syllables that make that up. Um, so anyway, that's been super fun. Uh, my girlfriend likes watching it with me, which is also super fun. Uh, can't recommend it enough i've actually seen it before but even on a rewatch it's really entertaining and there's a reboot series on netflix uh called psyche k reawakened that's also really good so you know it's it's one of those shows where there's a sizable amount of content and it's really it's it's entertaining um also on the anime front i recently watched a very short series that came out on netflix called the way of the house husband um i think i think it's In Japanese, it's like Goku Fushido. Probably butchered that. But uh, anyway, the way of the house husband hilarious anime it's a very direct adaptation of a a popular manga but the the premise of it is that there is an ex yakuza boss who has married a woman and just abandoned his yakuza life in favor of being a house husband and he's really perfected the art of like making home meals um doing the shopping for the household getting things cleaned up you know all the things you might expect a house husband to do but he applies the same rigor that he would apply like you know, Yakuza trial and tribulations to his house chores, oh, no. and it's really entertaining. <laughs> it's really short. Uh, I really think both of my hosts should go watch this because it's just phenomenal. Like I, when I finished it, I just wanted to go back to the beginning and watch it again. Like it, it it's it's really good. Um, but anyway. I think that was the last uh, really notable like, TV series I've been watching. Um, other than that, you know, just been doing a bunch of video games and assorted nonsense. But the only other thing I want to call out is I watched one movie other than our, uh, <laughs> our movies for these past two weeks, you know, one movie that wasn't for this podcast, and I watched it last night. Um, right before we were actually uh, when I right before when I thought we were supposed to record the podcast <laughs> thought I was squeezing it in turns out we we're actually doing it today but anyway one movie it's an adaptation of a short story by one of my very favorite horror authors uh, so the movie's called They Remain it's an adaptation of the short of the short story 30 by Laird Barron who's a Pacific Northwest uh, horror author And uh, the movie is kind of like a near future sci-fi flick about a couple like corporate researchers that are researching a coyote den on the site of a notorious uh, death cult um, that has since passed. And the movie is uh, it's like an hour 40 um, and it's pretty good. Like it's it's a very faithful adaptation of the book. Um, which means that some of the dialogue is a little bit stilted. It also means that, you know, where the book kept some of the science aspects of things fairly abstract, they tried to show it on screen, and those things were kind of failings in the movie. A lot of movies try and show science on screen. They shouldn't. If you just have shit bubbling in a beaker, you'll look silly. (laughs) You'll look like Bill Nye, okay? But, uh, you know, shouldn't have done that. But the movie didn't linger on it too much. They got to, like, the, you know, psychological, cosmic, transcendental horror pretty quickly. And they pulled that off pretty cool. They did some, you know, kind of cool camera work stuff. It was all clearly filmed in some place that at least looked like the Pacific Northwest, where it was ostensibly based. Um, so overall, not a great movie. But if you like Laird Barron at all, first of, first of all, read his short story 30 that it's based off of then watch the movie and then i recommend you go out and buy another book by a different author um, by (laughs) by children of the fang and other genealogies by the horror author john Langan, who is a friend of laird baron and he wrote a story in his collection Children of the Fang and other genealogies that is about the production of this film where he and Laird Barrett are going to pick up one of the props from the film set and shit gets wacky. Anyway, it's like a fun <laughs> little trilogy. You read the story, you read the, you read the movie based on the story, and then you read the story based on the movie based on the story. Um, but anyway... <laughs> That's the last thing I was watching this week. They remain. Would recommend it to horror diehards. If you're not a horror diehard, probably not worth your time. Though I will say it stars um, a, an actor who I really like who comes, I think originally, I think his first big appearance was in The Good Place. Um, he plays Chidi Adagonia in The Good Place. And the he's in Midsummer, right? <laughs> he's also in Midsummer. yeah. but That's his great. name His name is uh, William Jackson Harper really great actor really uh he he's he's like kind of the tent pole in the movie i think he's the best element so worth checking it out to see him but i blathered on long enough about what i've been watching this (laughs) week and i know our audience is really here for what we all watch this week which is 2021's mortal Kombat. so without further ado i'm going to take us right into the spoiler free review of the movie uh first i'm going to read the imdb blurb for the film because it's pretty much spoiler free and I really like the way it sounds coming out of my mouth. Um, So uh, anyway, here's what IMDb has got to say about Mortal Kombat. MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. I mean... What what more can we say? Like, it's a high-stake battle for the universe. There's an MMA fighter involved for some reason. Like, it, it, right off the bat, you know it's everything you're going to want from a Mortal Kombat movie. But before I get into gushing about Mortal Kombat too much, I'm going to ask my co-host. In general, what were your thoughts on the movie? Taylor, let's start with you.
2: Uh, um, oh, It's like WWE. Right. Like if you if you if you come into this with too much importance, like self-importance or you you think too hard about stuff, you're not going to have a good time because, you know, when John Cena goes, you can't see me. Well, of course, we can see you, John Cena. Everyone in the arena can see you. Right. (laughs) this movie's the same way you just gotta ignore like why didn't he use his powers there or whatever else you can't you can't pay attention to any of that otherwise you're not gonna have a good time i paid attention to all of that so i didn't i didn't have a great a great time i don't know anything about any of these characters i played mortal kombat like once in the 90s on a friend's like sega or whatever so like i had no clue what was going on i didn't know the rules about anything i was just flabbergasted the entire movie all right, that's my whole review. That's, that's, my whole... that's... Taylor's whole review.
0: Short and sweet and to the point. We love it, Tay.
1: Keegan, what's your opinion here? Yeah, I guess I'll swing the other direction. I have a little bit more to say about the movie and non-spoilers. Um, so this movie, uh, dude, I will be honest. It put me in a little bit of an existential crisis. So what I mean by that is that uh, when I watched this movie, saw it in theaters, saw it on Friday, and I was, I left walking back to my car and I was thinking, that was pretty fucking stupid uh but the action is really really awesome Hiroyuki Sanada is I mean he's just like he's awesome as always his character we'll, we'll, we'll get into it as spoilers who he is but he's fucking sick through and through uh I didn't like love the movie but I was like you know it's another thing that I was just glad I watched um so I like, but like I watched on Friday I had a little bit of time to, to gestate on it and i would talk to more and more people who were watching it on hbo max and everyone i talked to hated it i heard someone say it was whack i heard people that were generally just like super uninterested in it and i found myself on the defensive for mortal Kombat, which is not like a place coming out of the theater that i was ever gonna like assume that i put myself into that role so i don't know maybe i don't know if i actually liked the movie or if i just like being contrary like you guys probably know like just fighting about star wars stuff uh or maybe i was just so excited to be back in theaters that that swayed my opinion a little bit but i think like after giving it a couple days i'm landing on i think i liked it i think i like to just find and like given the fact that it's now on streaming it's on hbo max i'm a hundred percent gonna be putting it on the background just like general fun action movie similarly to how i'd watch like the Fast and the Furious movies, or something that's like you know low commitment, but you know a lot of fun to like watch the flashy moments. Um, there's a couple bigger things that I'll probably get into a little bit later that I didn't love, and I think this movie is like a poorly cast and b really poorly acted. Initially, I was, like, super stoked to see not only a bunch of Asian dudes, but Asian dudes that are, like, mixed like me, like, half white, half Asian guys. It was sweet for representation to see all these, like, Hoppa dudes. But they're all pretty bad, like, uniformly not good (laughs) actors. And especially the lead, who, Hank, correct me, but I don't think he's in the games at all, right?
0: Yeah, no, Cole Young was a new character they created to be the protagonist of the
1: movie. Bold choice. A bold choice that pays off zero. <laughs> I think <laughs> Cole is a really uninteresting character, and I think he's acted kind of flatly, um, and I think his powers are also pretty freaking lame, if I'm being honest. So other than, like, Hanzo and Jax and, like, maybe Luke Kang acting shit across the board, um, but I guess I've gone on long enough. I have some other thoughts that are not spoilers, but, Hank, generally, like, what did you think about the movie High Level?
0: yeah so I mean you guys have heard me talking about this movie, and I think that i'm the uh, the reviewer that had the most baggage coming in you know I've played the entire... <laughs> I've, I I've played the entire you know Mortal Kombat trilogy one through three um, actually on and like 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 on the the hardware I played the Nintendo versions of all of them, so it was a bit censored, but you know I played it, and then i've also played nine through eleven. And uh, so anyway, you know, I I, I know the story. I know the characters. I know their struggles that they've been through, and I've been through them with them. You know, like I had had to play through a lot of those fights. Not the ones shown in the movie, but, you know, the fights that we assume happened elsewhere during the movie. Um, But so anyway, I went in and, uh, you know, movie starts off introduces two characters that I know from the moment they're on the screen like as we're going on every character's walking on and like I'm seeing them and there are things that I'm like oh that's not quite right but I can tell it's not quite right for a reason so uh there was just a ton of fan service throughout this movie um And it was just hitting me all in the perfectly right place. Like, the whole movie had me going like, yeah, I I fucking know that. Mortal Kombat. Um, uh, Flawless victory. Flawless victory. Uh, And, and, like, a great example of that is, like, Liu Kang's first fight scene. They're showing him do the leg sweep combo, which, for Mm -hmm. people that don't know, like, there's, like, a classic Mortal Kombat strategy where you can just keep someone kind of off their feet by leg sweeping them as Liu Kang over and over again. And if they don't know to, like, jump or, like, to uh, duck and block, you can do it pretty much endlessly. And Liu Kang does that in the movie and then, like, says a line from one of the games. And uh, as someone that's an actual player of Mortal Kombat, I was like, yes. And at the same time, I was like, anyone who hasn't played, like, all the Mortal Kombat games is not going to know what's going on. And this acting is god-awful. (laughs) So they're going to hate it. That was Um, me. I had no idea what was going on. So anyway, I was watching it, enjoyed every minute. And the whole time I was like, oh, man, I'm glad that Haley sat this one out because she hasn't played all the Mortal Kombat games like I have. And she would hate it. I was texting Taylor. I knew that he was like, what the fuck's happening? (laughs) Um, So uh, overall... I really loved it, but even as I was watching it, I was like, I'm loving this for the wrong reasons. I'm not loving it because it's a good movie. I'm loving it because they made all the nods to me that I wanted them to make. So they basically bribed me for a good review (laughs) on Rotating Reels is my take. Um, And I am happily accepting that bribe,
2: but I'm not going to argue that it's a good movie. (laughs) You were the the target audience, right? Because they didn't give us any background on anybody. Yeah.
0: So unless you knew who these guys were... uh... That, that was actually my like overwhelming feeling during the movie uh was that this movie has been made exactly for one audience which is like die hard mortal combat fans that aren't going to get pissed off if they get like little things wrong or like change little things and that's me you know i don't get hung up on the small stuff too much and i'm like i i, I love mortal combat i i own like all the dlc for the latest few games like <laughs> i'm a big fan um But I was like, no one else is going to enjoy this movie at all. Anyone that's going to see a good movie is going to be disappointed. Anyone that's a casual fan isn't going to get it because, you know, you have to be kind of in the mud to get a lot of this stuff. So I'm like, they're making this movie for like 10 people. And I don't know why they've spent so many millions of dollars on it. (laughs) But I'll take it.
1: Okay, to follow up on that... Oh, go ahead.
2: No, no, go ahead. I was
1: going to say, they spent so many millions of dollars on it. And that was actually one of the things that really sticks out to me is how freaking cheap this movie looks so i looked it up this movie's made for 55 million dollars which is again it's not a marvel it's not a star wars budget right where you're getting to like two three hundred million dollars but it's not an insignificant amount of money and i looked it up so something like the maze runner which is probably like one of the better ya you know adapted movies is made for like 35 million so this looks way worse than that and a lot of other movies made for like way way cheaper i would argue this looks worse than prospect which is made for four million dollars like they're yeah, man this oh, is a slice slight... i, I,
0: oh, I think you're 100 percent right it's worse than prospect i mean did you see the ninja costumes in this movie garbage looks like <laughs> the sort of shit you buy at spirit halloween i was like that is the spirit halloween scorpion suit
1: no, and the worst offender <laughs> is the main character, and this is a light spoiler, but later in the movie, he gets his arcana, which, first of all, is, like, the lamest arcana, and they don't explain it at all. I don't know what his power is, but it's later said that his suit, like, it showed when his suit is hit by a sword, and it makes sparks. We are only meant to assume that that is now made of metal, right? But in many, many scenes, the main character will lean forward and you see the rubber suit fold over on itself. And I'm like, how did this make it through costuming and filming and editing? And I mean, you drop so much money on this movie and it just
2: looks so, so cheaply made. It they really start doing trivial. wider shots of him. I think probably yeah. because of that, like, because if he if he bends over at all, it like curls up around his neck, yep. and it's like, oh, guys, that's not good.
0: Yeah, looked awful, and like even worse than that, the iconic characters' costumes looked awful. So without spoiling too much, obviously Sub Zero is in the movie. And he's, like, one of the biggest offenders for looking like a Spirit Halloween ninja costume. I'm pretty sure I have the same costume he wore for this film somewhere in my parents' like storage locker. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, they do a similar thing for Scorpion, which, like, I get it. He was originally a palette swap of Sub-Zero. They originally created the character by just changing the colors of another character. So, of course, you're going to have them both having similar costumes. But then they bring in uh, Reptile who's another famous fighter in this movie. He's shown to be just like a large lizard that spits acid, but in the games, he is like a ninja, like sub zero and scorpion. And I'm like, so you could have just gotten a third shitty ninja costume. Like we've already <laughs> forgiven you twice. Right. And instead you make this God awful looking like CGI lizard, like, Oh my God. Costuming the art direction so bad for this movie (laughs) like don't get me wrong i was like going like yeah i recognize that so i was happy but the whole time i was watching it, i was like who did they let design these costumes they should have gotten the lady that did prospect she killed it she would have made cool looking yeah Um,
2: wait you're right the original reptile was not a reptile it was like a dude yeah it was just a so just a dude in green clothes
0: a (laughs) little bit of mortal Kombat lore uh there were four characters in the original trilogy that were just palette swaps of each other it was sub-zero scorpion reptile and noob Cybot, and they all just like changed sub-zero's color palette and made it into a new character reptile was one of them so i saw uh, like i I was getting ready for reptile to be a ninja wasn't a ninja like in the newer games they (laughs) kind of made him look more reptilian but he's still a ninja so i don't get what was going on there he was
2: just a big. He was a big lizard. Bad.
0: He looked in bad. Game. He look he like, was just
1: a big lizard. He <laughs> was like an Xbox 360 cutscene. It he was looked, really bad.
0: He looked worse than like the dinosaurs in like, God, what? What was that? A uh, old like dinosaur uh, 3D animated dinosaur. Movie? Yeah, the, the, dinosaur. the Disney
2: one. Yeah. yeah, yeah it looked yeah, he, Way he worse he looks, than that. He, like
0: those dinosaurs looked way more convincing as
2: big lizards. But and, he wasn't even supposed to be a lizard. Why did Why they do that? <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, so uh man another uh another thing about the movie um that i think is uh worth mentioning in the spoiler free section is is keegan's mentioned the acting is really bad absolutely correct everyone (laughs) did a really bad job (laughs) acting in this movie um but what like really surprised me about it was the choreography was good right it wasn't great choreography it was you know entertaining like action choreography but the whole time I was watching it I was like okay so for Raiden they got like a Japanese actor you know like not someone from like the U.S. acting market like an actual Japanese actor they did this for like a number of characters and I would assume that they would get these actors like because they were like able to do really cool moves for the choreography because like none of the characters are written to be but like, 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 the, the, they're they're all like elder gods or something. Like, there's no reason to like go to different markets. So, like, I saw these guys coming in. and I was like, they're going to have some really cool fight choreography, and then they did not. And I was like, so who did the casting? Because it must have been harder. To get all these foreign dudes the, and don't get me wrong like I respect grabbing these guys like I'm glad they're acting the movie but I felt like they were setting us up to have some really great choreography and they just had some schmuck like do like the choreography and it's just kind of like some like you know we, we flay our wrists around a bit and like throw some CGI and that's a fight scene but like what was going on there like the acting's bad the choreography you expect is where the money's
1: gone the choreography wasn't that good did you guys notice that like it was fine it was very, like, 2000s action movie. I think we're also spoiled by the John Wicks of the world that it's it's hard to see stuff like this.
2: Yeah, like, I... Oh, I was gonna say, I, I, have, actually, I have never actually seen John Wick, but <gasps> none of them. I've, I have no idea what's up with that. I love Keanu, but I've never done it. Anyway, but, like, Sonata, he, he can he actually, like, knows how to use a sword, right? And, like, you see that in some of the other films he's in where he plays that role. And I didn't even think his fights were very interesting. Honestly, the fight scenes were pretty boring for me. And it was sort of like – that's why I was comparing it to WWE because, like, you just see a guy get, you know, stabbed in the stomach, like, pretty deep. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that, that's going to impair his ability to fight. No. No, it doesn't. He's, he's able to spin around. Everything's fine. And so it's just, like, a lot of gore. But, it, but it's, like, a lot of gore juxtaposed with a lot of people seemingly getting very hurt and not being hurt at all. And it's like, I don't even know what what's up, what's down, you know.
0: Yeah, so, like, overall, like, their depiction of the fight scenes, choreography wasn't that great. The gore was fairly faithful to the series, but they kind of went half in on it. Like, it wasn't even, like, people were just getting killed left and right. It was like, no, you're just really badly injured, but not really.
2: Um, yeah, so, yeah, like, you, you can lose significant parts of your body, but yeah, you lay on a bed for a day, you're fine. It, yeah. yeah, it's okay.
0: So anyway feels like they kind of half-assed that but overall i was still entertained uh, because it was going to be impossible to not entertain me while including the right characters um shameless admission i know it was a bad movie um,
2: but so do you want to get into spoilers do you want to talk about some of the particular particular aspects
0: yeah let's get let's get into spoilers keegan you okay with that
1: i have one more thing i'll throw in that's not okay. spoilers uh, but it's, it's very insignificant so again i i feel like every week i've been saying i've been watch watching falcon and the winter soldier i've I've been reading a lot and like hearing a lot of critics say that like one of the things that the captain america movies do and this show does is that it makes (laughs) it makes captain america's shield look like a viable weapon because reality it's just like a piece of metal it's vibranium in the series but it has like leather straps on it this is not a cool weapon but it looks menacing he's throwing it around it's cool and this movie does that for Kung Lao's hat because at first I'm like man this is just this like you you hear Kano call it a sombrero and you're like eh, it kind of seems like a sombrero it's kind of freaking stupid and then <laughs> he starts freaking murking people with it and you think this is the scariest weapon in this entire movie I cannot like people like scorpion comes back sub-zero is there freezing people and breaking off body parts and i am way more terrified of kung lao's habit that is far and away the coolest thing that they did it, it like bringing it to live action at least
0: yeah no uh i want to get into it more in spoilers but i will say i think kung lao is kind of the sleeper hit of this movie yeah definitely the sleeper yeah. hit of the mortal kombat game series um but we can talk about that more but you know totally agree with you there keegan his hat fucking ra- fucking
2: rad yeah i will say though that they i noticed because you know he's got he's got he's got this big metal conical hat and he's got the chin strap for it right and i i did notice that they i think they couldn't figure out an elegant way to have him take the hat off to throw it and deal with the chin strap so every time he throws it they're always have the camera a different way so that you can't because they they he has the chin strap already off when he throws it And so, like, they make a big deal about when he gets the hat back and then he, like, puts the chin strap back on, but they couldn't figure out a way for him to take the hat off quickly with that chin strap. I didn't notice that. That's so funny. Yeah. That's what I was looking at when the fight started. Where's that chin strap? I want continuity.
0: Everyone's chin straps. You know, like, let's (laughs) let's keep our eyes on the chins. Um, But anyway... We're going to move to spoilers uh, in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the spoiler part of the review. Stick around. It's going to be saucy. All right, and we are back. You're still with Rotating Reels. Uh, We're on our review of Mortal Kombat. And momentarily, we're going to be getting into our spoiler section of the review. Momentarily meaning now.
2: So, dun, dun, dun. boys,
0: is there anything you've been waiting to spoil about this movie that you just feel needs to be said in any review of it?
2: I, what the, I don't know what the fuck was going on for most of the movie. <laughs> I have a what is Arcana? What? How does it work? It's That's just not magic, from the games. It made the guys.
0: Yeah, the Arcana is not from the games. That was some new movie bullshit. Oh, so
2: that, isn't that whole it cool? Storyline
1: like the. How cool is, no, is it that your Arcana could be? my robot arms get better <laughs> some people get biological <laughs> certain like you like there's people from outworld that have wings there's people that can shoot lasers but like i lost my arms and now my shitty robot arms are freaking sick
2: robot arms <laughs> <laughs> so if he hadn't lost his arms what exactly would I have done i don't know that he just gets beefier arms <laughs> yeah like what no, like it's SpongeBob at arms, <laughs> It's are
0: Yeah, it's the uh, what are they called? The ones
2: where you pump the air into them. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Arms. The... yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, that so you so you guys you don't have any insights for me on what the fuck was going on with the Arcana.
0: No, so yeah, on, on that note, no idea well. what was going on. They uh, <laughs> they really screwed the pooch on the Arcana and on Cole Young. So um, I want to get to Cole Young the protagonist of the film for the spoiler section. So Cole Young, I've mentioned it, he's a, uh, you know, he's in the IMDB blurb. He's an MMA fighter. He's also not a character from the Mortal Kombat franchise outside of this movie. Hasn't appeared in any of the games, any of the other movies, hasn't appeared in spinoff games. I don't know if there are comics, but if there are, he's not in them. Um, the important thing is he doesn't appear. And uh, they decided to make Cole Young the protagonist of this film, for God knows what reason. Now, this is really my biggest complaint with the movie, is that they selected Cole Young. And uh, let me tell you why. Why is because Cole Young offers nothing new over the existing roster of combatants, okay? In terms of a protagonist for a movie. So one good thing that you might say about him is, well, as a protagonist, he doesn't have any prior knowledge of the Mortal Kombat tournament. Um, as such, you know, it's great to introduce him. No, we already have Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage was a movie star that didn't know anything about the, uh, about the tournament before the game started. Why didn't we use Johnny Cage? And uh, then you might say, like, yeah, but, you know, movie star is not a fighter. Cole Young's a fighter. It's more believable. No, we have Liu Kang for that. He was even in the movie, you know? It's wow. Liu Kang. He's a great, you know, he's been training for this. He's a great fighter. And then you're like, but he combines, you know, both like not having any prior knowledge and being a good fighter. And my answer to that is, why is it important to have both of those? We already had Johnny Cage <laughs> and Liu Kang. Just have
2: them both on screen. You already cast someone for Liu Kang. Um, well, he, they also like using him as a lens to explain things to the audience. They didn't do that. I don't even know what this tournament is. Like, I I guess there's different planets, and then the people from the planets fight, yeah, so and then
0: who wins gets the planet worth or Worth mentioning, they didn't even show the tournament. The Mortal Kombat there was no tournament in the movie is... Yeah, so Mortal Kombat in the game universe is a tournament that is played between different dimensions, essentially to determine if they have the right to invade each other it's like so there's elder gods in the universe that basically said okay y'all are invading each other too much we're going to do this thing where like you each fight some of your best champions from your own worlds and uh, if you win you can invade and if you don't then you can't do a full scale invasion and kill everyone there and this made everyone very happy that's what the Mortal Kombat is (laughs) Um, so this movie everyone was thrilled this movie made a number of allusions to it but they never actually showed the tournament, which I think is kind of a no-no for a movie called Mortal Kombat that you would actually, you know, show the Mortal Kombat Tournament.
1: Do you know but why that did. is? This is essentially a prequel to the Mortal Kombat cinematic universe. Because the actor who plays Cole signed on for four more Mortal Kombat movies. So they're yeah. the second movie is when they're gonna actually introduce the titular Mortal Kombat.
0: yeah on top of that they show him like as the movie is doing this outro looking at a poster of johnny cage who's like usually one of our protagonists of the series so you know they're setting us up for some johnny cage but i'm like if you didn't give me johnny cage in the first movie i'm not gonna want johnny cage in the second because he's the most boring combatant he's there to ease you into things like don't give him to me you know 25% 25% of the way through your franchise, you know? Like, you've already shown I, me Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Like, I'm no longer I just, interested. I,
2: I just still really don't understand most of what was going on in that movie. Like, I don't, I don't really get how the Mortal Kombat thing works. Like, what you've just said, Hank, is far more than the movie actually gave <laughs> me. And I don't understand who the old gods are and why. Because in this movie, the bad guys from Outworld or Outland or whatever Outworld. it's called. Outworld. They seem to be attacking us already, right? They're on Earth. They're killing our champions, and then, but that's okay with the tournament rules. Like it's like a, a pre-invasion's okay, but not a, like. I, I just don't get what the what's going on. Who has powers? Why they have powers? How the powers work? Nothing made any sense to me.
0: Yeah, and a lot of that doesn't make a lot more sense in the world. But they didn't in this movie <laughs> even give us enough kind of like foundational knowledge to get there you know like like if you were showing the tournament you said this is a tournament to like decide who can and can't you know invade and maybe if there was some foul play some fights that happened outside of the tournament that would be fine to explain it away right you'd be like okay they're having a tournament whoever wins gets to invade that's great like that would make sense but showing us in the lead-up to the tournament with people committing murders anyway kind of under yeah tons of murder Kind of undermines the whole like no invasion thing, which is weird because like you would think maybe they're just throwing it out the window. Maybe that's not what this movie's about. But they make explicit reference to the tournament without explaining what it is, and also explicit reference to the elder gods uh, near the end of the movie, like Raiden's talking about them, without explaining what they are. So they're like, okay, we're gonna keep all the rules in place. We're not going to explain any of them. This is going to result in most of the audience being horribly confused, and the ten people in the audience, including Hank, that know the rules, being like, <laughs> "Yeah, this kind of makes sense." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, who's Raiden? I thought he was an old god. So uh, is, right? Raiden,
0: uh, in the game's lore, he is an ex-elder god. He was like an elder god that oh. kind of like descended to be a protector of Earthrealm. Because
2: they call him Thunder God. the 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 bad Outworld guy calls him Thunder God. I'm like, oh, so he's going to enforce these rules, but he. Doesn't really. He just buys them some time. So it was. Yeah. But he exactly. also does
1: kind of interfere because without him teleporting them everywhere, right? Like the events don't happen the yeah. way they do. So he's completely, <laughs> you know, uh, he's a total hypocrite in the, in the legend of like not interfering, but you know, pre Mortal Combat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, like yeah. They, they totally they for some reason make us believe they're sticking with the rules that they've established not on screen and then they completely disobey those rules that they're sticking with for no reason it makes no sense um god you know it's Uh, it's it's baffling decision after baffling decision
2: yeah the arcana i can't believe that's not in the games that's like the one of the main character arc points for our, our protagonist is the arcana and that's they just added that they just threw that in
0: yeah, you see, it actually makes really no sense in the context of the game because most everyone's powers are explained <laughs> in the games through separate memes. Like Jax, his arms, they're robot arms. Someone installed them on him. And like, uh, what's a great example? Sub Zero. Like, it's not any Arcana. Like, he's a member of the Lin Kuei assassins who have these important, you know, assassin abilities. Similarly, Scorpion. He doesn't have Arcana. He's just literally from hell, so shit gets fiery. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, like all of all of the powers are explained away through separate means. In okay, it's not like one
2: unifying yeah. <clears throat> magic. Okay.
0: So introducing the Arcana just really confuses things because you're like, okay, so are all of these guys like maybe like like it, it makes you think like is Sub Zero a combatant? Is he just an assassin? Like, is he following the Arcana rules? They don't explain that. I don't think they could if they tried.
1: Well, does so, <laughs> so does Hanzo it, it... have a tattoo? And are we meant to assume? That his arcana is found through being in hell for three hundred fifty years, right? Because that seems like a very different no, trial than the others.
2: He had it before, remember? Because when he dies in the, the very beginning scene, he turns into he Ash. ashes away. Yeah, that's
1: fair. But yeah. then he finds his arcana by being in. I I I don't know. It seems like and it seems it, like a he very different get, trial. He
2: got more, yeah. Like he got more arcana Bec- in hell because
1: somehow. he died. Yeah, I don't know. And also, I mean, I texted Hank this. If I am Hanzo, right? I see my whole family die. The only thing I know right before I die is that my my infant son is tucked away under a floorboard. My last dying wish is that he makes it. I come back after 350 years in hell. My teeth are all fucked up and I can fire breathe. And my freaking great descendant is the most god-awful champion that Earthrealm has to offer. And it's not even Luke Kang or anyone interesting. It's Cole. I'd be livid. I would go straight back to hell. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, wait. Are, are the markings the like scar tattoo thing? Is that from the games? Uh, not to my knowledge. <laughs> okay. So they just okay because that was also a very important part of the of the of the movie was that marking thing. But it's just new. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you know, decided to stick with a surprising number of the rules established in kind of the Mortal Kombat canon, and then also they broke all those rules anyway. <laughs> um, so. God anyway not great um so we've we've i think through this long discourse proved that the logic of the movie universe doesn't really make sense it doesn't even really jive with the somewhat inconsistent logic provided by the games um but a couple other things that i think we should touch on on spoilers uh first of all the character of kano um he's an australian character he it comes in, like, kind of villainously, but then they start, you know, making him help out the heroes. He's kind of sympathetic. Um, but he becomes one of the combatants. It seems like his only real plot purpose is to betray the good guys, who should never have trusted him, but for some reason left him alone uh, for staggering portions of the film.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> but anyway, it seems like his purpose is only to betray the... Uh, The main characters he also goes on this weird like homophobic slash racist rant like right before his arcana is discovered um and it's kind of like the only instance in the movie where we're having someone say something that's like actually offensive more than just being like the word fuck or something and uh it's really unclear why they provided it it added nothing to the movie um and it's like they linger on the scene for a pretty surprising amount of time so you know like uh you know he doesn't say any like actual slurs but you know he says some things that are kind of like derogatory towards gay men he also makes some some comments towards Liu kang and kung lao who are chinese um you know he says some kind of like hard to stomach stuff and that just kind of unlocks his magical powers. I'm not convinced this is, like, a n- malicious attempt by the production production elements in the movie. But I am baffled that someone didn't watch that scene and go, like, oh, no, that doesn't screen well. Like,
2: <laughs> what yeah. the hell, guys? <laughs> Keegan, what did you think yeah. of the scene?
1: I, I texted you guys. That I I actually was fairly upset by that scene. And I think in a movie that overall just gets to be, like, light bad, this is, like, like... Most of the movies like diet bad, right? But this scene is like egregiously bad and actually pretty offensive in my mind. And not that it shouldn't be in the movie, but I was just like, I, it. To your point, it's kind of baffling why it was included. Because he goes on this rant. He says, you know, he makes fun of someone for wearing a bracelet and says they're anal beads and says, "Pass me the egg roll, boy." And a bunch of you know l- lightly coded diet racism stuff to these two characters. And it's like, Ugh, this is pretty gross. And then out of that we're in this entire scene where all of the characters that we've been following are struggling to find their arcana right out of there he's the first one to get it so my thought is like this sucks like he went on a kind of shitty rant and he gets rewarded by being the first of the protagonist to find his arcana by going on a homophobic racist rant ah it just doesn't really sit well with me and then Liu Kang and Kung Lao kind of smirk at each other as if to imply like we got it we we orchestrated this and we knew if we could coax this kind of shitty rant out of you you'd find your arcana you're welcome buddy we we brought this on you (laughs) we we orchestrated this i just it really really didn't sit well with me i think like on one hand we know that he's going to become a bad character later and like what better way to show a bad character getting his powers than taking a cheap route and not actually working for anything and just letting his anger get the better of him but to your point, this is not the kind of movie that wants to make any greater points about, you know, being evil means giving in to these quick knee-jerk reactions and not adapting to your elements and being, you know, rude to people that welcome you into their home. It's very much just like, hey, let's play this up for some kind of shitty comedy. The high school kids that watch this are really going to latch onto these jokes. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> what did you think about was, it?
2: This was my favorite scene in the movie. i hate
1: you so much
2: (laughs) wait let me let me say why though i so kano is my favorite character in the movie not because i thought he was a good guy that i aspired to be but because his dialogue was the only dialogue that seemed realistic right he's making fun of these other people he's you know when they're when he first meets the the two guys that are already champions already have arcana he goes wait does this mean at any point in the future i'm gonna get superpowers And I was like, "That's great. That's that's great." So I, obviously, he's a dick, right? That's like his personality. And the reason I love that scene is because he got his he got his arcana by being a dick. That is his like his like superpower is that he's a dick. And I thought that was great. That It showed that, oh, no, magic can be for bad guys, too. That, like, we have these other guys that are, like, not just dicks. They're evil, right? Guys that are trying to enslave all of the world. I mean, I don't know how else you would classify that other than evil. And so they have superpowers. So clearly, this is a a street that can go both ways. And so for Kano to get it, I thought it was great. And I just loved all of Kano's dialogue. And I don't think it was, you know, like what you guys were saying. I don't think it was the, the studio house trying to say, let's try to put in some some racist, sexist, whatever jokes in to get some laughs I th- I th- or to like forward those ideas as being good <laughs> ideas. I think we're laughing at the expense of Kano. The the, the, the whole humor of it is that Kano's a, a raging dickhead that's going to make bad decisions. And he, but yet he can also get Arcana. So if I, th- I kind of was thinking that maybe Arcana is part of the whole game universe. It's like an established thing. And I liked that they were showing the bad guys can get it as well, but... But no, I I agree that, yeah, he's he used unsavory language and he's a dick. I'm not defending any of that at all, but just, like, (laughs) the more dialogue he got, the stronger I thought the scenes were only because his dialogue seemed the most natural and realistic of all the characters.
1: And to your point, I think it's an easier pill to swallow given that he does end up being a bad guy, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. it it plays better in that aspect versus, like, if he did remain on the good guy's side and they're like, oh, that's just Kano. (laughs) Like, that's pretty gross and, like, we're, like, accepting it, but it's like, no, we're establishing that this is who this character is he's been a douchebag the whole time they're wandering through the desert like this is on brand for the character it it definitely makes it a little bit more palatable but i guess my knee jerk is still just like "Ah, i don't love watching this but to your point characterization wise i think it, it makes sense
2: no, it didn't. It didn't fit because he his dialogue was so different than all the other characters that yeah. it like it stands out to give him like a monologue. Right, it just doesn't flow with the rest of it. But that shows me. Uh, it just shows how poor a lot of the dialogue was. <laughs> that like the racist homophobic rant was some of the best dialogue in the whole movie for me. You know. Like, yeah, so. and I will say as. A
0: fan of the games. Like, I know Kano really well. He's two things in my mind. First of all, he's the character that you hit random, and they give you Kano, and you're like, oh, Kano. <laughs>
2: um, and then second of all,
0: he's the character that betrays a few people throughout the story mode. No matter what story <laughs> mode you're playing. I was To honor this movie, I played through the story mode of Mortal Kombat 10. Second chapter, the second playable character, they introduce you to Kano. You're, like, in a car with him. And, like, the first thing that happens is he gets out a knife and tries to stab you, despite being, like, on, like, a trade talk. Like, Kano's whole thing is that he's going to backstab you. So I saw Yeah. Yeah, I saw him appear in the movie. I'm, like, he's going to backstab someone. And I saw him, you know, like, do that rant. And I'm, like, sure, they're going to kill him. But he also, you know, could have just gone on a rant like, you're all fucking pussies, your kung fu's stupid, you know, your hat's dumb, you know, like he could have been just as much of a dick without, you know, being as, like, unsavory as he was. So not necessarily something they'd, like, definitely need to take out. I was just watching and I was like, it's not, like, an established part of his character that he, like, really hates Chinese people or anything. (laughs) So, like... Why are we using that? I kind of,
2: yeah. I kind of got. I'm not, yeah. I'm not standing for fucking Kato here. But I, I, I kind of got the impression that he's just a dick no matter what. That's his like true arcana is being a dick. And so in this context, he's going to be a homophobic, racist dick. But he doesn't hold those beliefs <laughs> super down. He's just, like, it's, it's just a, a, a vessel by which he gets to be a dick. <laughs> You know, yeah. he's like, I'm going to find a way, you know, like this is the easiest way to get him, you know, I, but you're right. They, they could have had him be a dick without any of that shit and it would have been just as fine.
1: I will say on an unrelated Kato note, though, in a movie that has literally a scene of Kung Lao throwing his saw hat in the ground and splitting... A harpy in half. The most visceral scene in this entire movie is when Kano is fighting with Sonia Blade and they're in her trailer park. She's hiding. She runs at him in a narrow hallway and he dirty-dancings her straight into the goddamn roof. Her (laughs) body hits the ceiling of her trailer park, slams off it, and then slams into the ground. It is so graphic. And it's so crazy. That was a really good fight scene. Weirdly, because... Neither of them really have any crazy superpowers, but that fight to me was really sick.
0: Yeah. I I have to say one of the most satisfying scenes also with Kano was him getting a garden gnome shoved through his eye and into his brain. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, one thing I will say about the movie at this point is writing wasn't great, but I did appreciate that they stuck to the fatality thing. You know, like they showed fatalities in the movie. They stuck to a lot of tropes from the game that if you haven't played the games, it's going to mean nothing to you. It's not going to make it a better movie. But if you've played the games, you're like, I want to see a fatality. I want to hear someone say fatality. And they did both those things. So kudos
2: to you. Um, even just playing the games like literally a handful of times like less than a dozen times in my whole life i still recognize when you know he put the hat on and he goes flawless victory i still recognize those little things and so like i just i i actually felt bad watching it that i was like i should have played more mortal kombat games this would have been a better movie for me (laughs) (laughs) wait hank
1: one question i have for you based on those those like finishing moves how does the story like the the campaigns of the video games deal with those because as i'm watching it right Lu Kang goes to fight someone, throws him in a pond, and summon summons a freaking fire dragon. I'm like, hey, this probably would have been a cool move to pull out at any other fight if you have access to a fire dragon. So like, how do they treat those as like being usable?
0: Yeah, so the fatalities in the games so first of all They primarily actually don't take place during, like, the story segments of the games. During story fights, oftentimes you're not able to execute a fatality. They're mostly for, like, versus battles, you know, like 1v1 type play. But in the story, there are occasionally fatalities done... And the reason they're done is usually to signify that, like, someone has been, like, weakened to the point of no return. Like, so, like, once someone's, like, gotten, like, beat enough times, you can finally do the fatality in the story. And that's signaling, like, that character is actually done now. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, so, anyway, the thing—one thing about the stories is is most of these characters live through most of their fights in the stories. Like, it's kind of near the ends of the stories in the games that you start to see characters actually die, Or characters are killed and then replaced by another character that fills the same role. So, like a good example, and something that's probably going to spoil the rest of the series if they ever manage to make it, is that B Han, the guy that plays, or the guy that is Sub Zero in this movie, is in the games uh, kind of popularly known as Old Sub Zero. um, Because in one of the early games in the series, Sub Zero gets killed by Scorpion who's Hanzo in the movie, and then a younger member of his clan like picks up the, the, the Sub-Zero mask. So like, gotcha. while you have characters dying, it's usually fairly like climactic in the games, and they will do something like those fatalities, but honestly, it's mostly from the multiplayer modes. Um, but I do expect that the fatalities they're showing in the movies, if they ever manage to make more movies, uh, kind of the aftermath of them will come back to us further down the line.
2: Hmm interesting interesting yeah it was a wild ride man watching this movie because they don't explain anything and i didn't know anything going on so i was like you know when the the main guy has to leave the temple because he hasn't found his arcana womp womp <laughs> the whole time i whenever he would talk i would just always be thinking like mm, i don't have my magic mm. he was so whiny about it so then he's got to go visit his family i'm like wait what he has a family yeah, yeah, and he we like forgot about like a, them for most of the movie. Like, <laughs> there was like a woman, and then a girl, and I couldn't tell which was his wife and which was his daughter. It was like they were the same age, and then the four-armed guy fought him, and but it was just like, are we supposed to know about a backstory? Is it important? And is am I right
1: in thinking is he just Yellow Panther? Right, he's just like Asian Black Panther. Like that's the power Is he absorbs hits and then can hit back harder? Because it's not explained at all.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand, like, honestly, when I saw his power, I was like, this is clearly just an excuse to give him some weapons so he won't be one of the unarmed fighters, because we have enough. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have no idea what his his power is, and you know, I watch a lot of shit where people discover their powers, you know, I've learned to read it, I've watched My Hero Academia, you know, (laughs) I've watched One Punch Man, you know, I've seen a couple of the Marvel movies, Um, you know, I, like, I feel pretty confident in my ability to pick out these powers, and I was watching him, and I'm like, okay, so he has a tomfa, that's his power, is that he has a tomfa
2: and, like, a skin-tight suit, is that... He didn't, he didn't even have a helmet, seems like if you're wearing armor, helmet is probably the most important thing you can wear, he didn't have that. Yeah. And luckily nobody hit him in the face, though, that worked (laughs) out, but...
0: Anyway... I think that we could beat on the flaws of this movie well into the wee hours of the morn. But I think that our audience probably gets the gist at this point. The movie, if you are a Mortal Kombat fan, and like a diehard one that just really enjoys anything Mortal Kombat that's on your screen, you might enjoy this movie. Um, it does kind of shit on the legacy of the games. It changes some important character designs. It kind of ignores the established rules, but it references them. It's kind of fun, and you'll see some characters you're familiar with. So maybe in that case, it's a good movie. But I think all of the hosts agree, if you're anyone else, this movie is at best not going to make sense and at worst be actively offensive. Is that a,
2: <laughs> that a fair summation?
1: I think that's very accurate.
2: Or if you're somebody that likes professional wrestling, the, the the fake kind, then then if you could get into that mindset, I think you'd like it. I think if you can just shut out all the inconsistencies, all the physics that don't make sense, if you're just there to see a dude get his spine ripped out of his like body that's still intact, if you like that, if that's what you're into, go ahead. You'd like it, I think.
0: Yeah, like if you just like gory movies – this one's gory. They don't make them like these all the time anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah it's kind it's of shocking, to an
2: movie. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. so This dude's gut's spilling out, and it's, like, literally his guts. It was actually – so I'm not big on violence, but I did like in this movie to see – this is I, maybe the first time I've seen, like, very modern CGI applied to really gory shit. And it was, it, it was kind of interesting just for that aspect of the technical aspect of it. Yeah, no,
0: it's definitely an interesting thing to see. Um, And I personally uh, This is a little bit of an aside But I'm going to get into it because we've got a bit of time (laughs) Um I personally, uh, and this is more of a video game thing than a movie thing, but video games have also moved away from being really gory. Um, There was a time when, like, Gears of War era, you know, early Xbox 360, also, like, late PlayStation 2, Xbox, when games were getting experimental. They are getting really gory. Obviously, Mortal Kombat had played with it in the 90s. People had some issues with that. Um, But we started moving back towards that in, like, the early 2000s but we've moved away from it again most games like if there's any gore at all it's like blood splattering on a surface but sometimes it's nice to see like in something where you're showing like a lot of blades swinging or a lot of explosions going off like people being ripped apart and that sounds terrible right but like it (laughs) makes it look more impactful you know and also like you know this isn't politically correct but it's like you know it's 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 like exciting you know like seeing the gore happen on screen i'm not like i'm a horror junkie you know sometimes you see gore on screen and you're like that's not real fuck yeah like obviously you don't <laughs> want to go out and watch a snuff film but it's exciting to see that over-the-top gore that's like really spelled out for you because you 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 can see it's not real in this movie there's never a moment where you're like is that real blood um (laughs) (laughs) it's It's far far enough removed
1: from reality right like like, it's 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 exciting and it
0: was nice to see someone embrace that as awful as it sounds like seeing someone just embrace like yeah it's gory it's violent you know like i feel like we've moved away from it i feel like it's something we're really scared of And I feel like, you know, there's definitely a line. Like, you don't want to just desensitize people to all gore being presented. But I also feel like sometimes there's kind of, like, a comical amount of it, like you're seeing in this movie, like you'd see in, like, old Mm. slasher movies, where it's like, okay, let's not be scared of this. This is clearly meant to be over the top anyway. Let's not pull that one punch because, you know, like, society is for some reason, all agreed that that's, like, the one thing we stop at because it's weird like in some of these Marvel movies to see someone get like kicked across a skyline and slam at a thousand miles an hour into a building. And they're just like, yeah, that was fine. You know, makeup's still good. Yeah. We're good to go. Like sometimes I want to see someone get ripped apart by that. Even if it's like a little bit upsetting to a younger audience. So
2: that's my gore. Yeah. Go ahead. Keegan.
1: I was going to say the gore element. I think there's a huge studio incentive to go like as mass market as possible. Right. To reach the largest audience you can And, you know, usually in the U.S. market, at least, there's a lot of people that are, you know, 17 to 19 that are the people that are going to be filling theater seats. So it's very easy, right? We're going to put out movies that are going to be horror movies, a lot of things, in the PG-13 realm. Get as many seats in the theater as possible just so you can, you know, get back what you spent on the movie. But having that, like, hardcore R rating where it's not so, like you said, snuff film. It's not so realistic that it's off-putting or weird. Maybe, like, The Evil Within or Suspiria. Something that's, like, a little actually upsetting, right? Like, you want to see that level of fantasy violence, but in a way that's so cartoonish that, like, you still are very clear that this is not anywhere attached to reality. I think it's, like, it's really refreshing to see. And, like, I'm very glad that I'm of the age where I can see these kinds of movies in theaters.
2: Yeah. How, how do you guys... That, that, that brings me up uh, to something I, I wanted to to touch on was I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about violence that's obviously not realistic violence? So this this, when I was watching the movie, I was thinking about um, Seven Samurai, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time because the way they depict violence in that movie is I think second to none. And it's, you kind of have two main modes. If you haven't seen the movies, I'll just touch them quickly. You got the Seven Samurai and some other guys that know how to fight, right? They're part of this warrior class. They know basically what they're doing. And then you got a lot of peasants in this in the movie that have to fight to protect their, uh, their village and they don't know how to fight. And so you get kind of this juxtaposition of these guys that know what they're doing and it's the fights are very realistic and that they're very quick. I mean, you got two guys with swords and no armor. That's not a long drawn out thing. And then you have the peasants that just have these spears they've just made and all of their scenes are shot with a big wide camera. So there's no cuts, it's just a long thing of these people that don't know what they're doing, that are terrified, frantically trying to fight for their lives. And so, like, I I don't like move, I don't like violence as like a general rule. But if I want to see it depicted in art, I want it to be to some purpose because it is such a distasteful, terrible thing that I want there to be a real reason for it. Like, you know, we got to defend our villages from from these guys. And so when I watch films like this one, where it's not realistic violence, guys are getting hit in the before superpowers, right? And we have some fights before any of the characters get superpowers that we see, and you know, people are still getting hit in the face punched in the face 20 times and thrown around the room and they're basically okay and and i just it doesn't do anything for me because that's just that's not what that looks like and i don't want violence just for the sake of violence so i, I it just doesn't do anything for me so i want to ask you guys how you felt about that and obviously we're talking about mortal combat based <laughs> off of a video game series right but how do you think about it relative to other types of maybe more serious art that is also portraying violence
0: yeah I'll- I'll come in on this because as the horror fan, I feel like I'm maybe the most well acquainted with violence on screen here. Um, not to toot my own horn. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously you've heard me talking about Mortal Kombat. I obviously really like Mortal Kombat, which is hinged on that really unrealistic violence. You know, it's it's hinged on people punching each other a million times and eventually killing each other in some incredibly unrealistic way for some kind of hastily construed and nebulous reason right um so i can enjoy that it's going to be my answer to like that sort of you know like i can clearly enjoy that but in general in like most artistic endeavors if you're really trying to say something and not just have a spectacle because that's what that is to me it's it's a it's a spectacle you know it's like watching star wars you know like you see the explosions in space you're like explosions don't look like that in space, there's no oxygen. Blah blah blah. You know, it's a spectacle. You're watching it because it's a spectacle. That sort of fantasy violence is, to me, a spectacle, and I really do appreciate it for, for that fact. But on the other hand, if you try and put that sort of violence into something a little bit more nuanced and artistic, you know, like if if we were to watch, say, Suspiria, and there was like the level of like blood and dismemberment shown during like some of the most impactful scenes of that movie, as we're seeing here. It would look absurd first of all and like it really wouldn't have the impact of like what you actually see in the movie which is very impactful and realistic this form of violence for the most part where you're seeing like bruising happening you're seeing breaks happening yeah, yeah you know yeah. so man both of these things are really violent examples um <laughs> but uh i guess what i'm trying to say is i can appreciate both types of violence but i think they both have their place in cinema and in video Mm. games and, you know, in art in general, there's kind of a place for, like, that really, you know, constructed, realistic violence. There's a place for that very choreographed, fantastical violence. And they're not the same place at all. But I can enjoy both of them, just not when they're placed incorrectly. Like, similarly, if I was watching this movie and I saw violence happening like it was in Suspiria Wars, it's just very believable those fight scenes would not be enjoyable you would be horrified that you were being made to watch like this like a demonstration of the ways you can break the human body um yeah. and you know like i said if i was watching Suspirian, there there's like one of those realistic moments just dis- displaced by like one of these more fantastical you know ripped apart at the seams pieces that wouldn't be satisfying either so i think they both have their place i think they're both important in art um in general, I do tend to prefer a more realistic depiction than what you're seeing in this movie. I tend to prefer something that's, like, used very sparingly and is very visceral when you do see it. But I like this, too.
2: You like the spectacle. That's the right word, I think. Spectacle. Yeah,
0: because that's the thing. Like, thinking about it as, like, violence. Like, it's it's not really... Like, it is violence in the most literal sense, but it's not like someone is being hurt in real life by yeah. this or if someone has ever been hurt in this it, you know it's more of a spectacle it's like how well can you choreograph it the blood is an effect you know you can think of it almost mm. like streamers you know it's like all something happening for a visual to appear mm. um so yeah it's really a spectacle to me interesting keegan what do you
2: think
1: no i think i have very little to add to, on top of a like, very good explanation of it i think like you, like he had just said you're seeing a 26, 27 year old dude in the prime of his life being smacked by a god across the screen into a shed, which then breaks, right? This is the kind of injury that would shatter all of your ribs and instantly kill you. And he just kind of, oh, you're oh. done. You're he done. Just goes, oh, and he coughs a little bit. And there's a little bit of blood <laughs> splay on the screen, right? Like, I think the operative word that you put in your question is that, like, Mortal Kombat based on a video game, right? I think, like, instantly you kind of separate that this is in a very different reality than the one the three of us are talking in right now right this is a place where you you have harpies and you have people with hats that are actually saws that they can throw at people right like this is not this kind of real world and so because these are just kind of meat puppets with shitty one-liners versus Hmm. a prospective dancer at an art studio in germany who's literally having her body broken over two and a half hours i just i don't care about these people and i don't really see them as people existing in any other world other than this like absurd fantasy world that's very much based in video game logic to me so i think you know putting the word spectacle on it is probably the best thing that i could could think to explain why this is so enjoyable
2: interesting interesting yeah i i I get that i think when i was younger i did appreciate more like i just found out my partner has never seen the movie 300 which is (laughs) obviously not realistic but like it's a fucking spectacle man there's a fucking rhino at one point i think i mean it's it's wild and and uh i guess i do see where the enjoyment is as i've gotten older i've i've enjoyed it like literally when I'm watching this when I'm watching uh, Mortal Kombat I'm still like I imagine myself because I like to put myself in the film what would I do if I was one of these characters with a very different life than me so I imagine showing up to the secret temple in the desert and they're explaining that you're going to have to fight whatever they're explaining the little little, tiny explanation they give. And I'm thinking like, all right, do you, do you need anyone to do accounting? Like, I'm not, I'm not here for the fun. Like what can, how can I help and not be involved with what most of you guys are doing? I'm not the dude. I'm not, I'm not the dude to rip someone's spine out of their body. That's not me. So you never know
0: until you try Taylor. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, thank you. I, I, I feel like I've, I've, kind of dominated the the spoiler section by asking you guys questions because i was so befuddled watching (laughs) this movie so thank you thank you for guiding me i was scared it was a lot of violence i could my little heart couldn't take it
0: (laughs) oh that's the old man speaking do you guys think it's time to give our ratings in the movie and talk about what we'll be doing next week
1: i genuinely cannot wait to see what taylor is going to put in front of us for next week's review
0: all right then let's get our ratings out of the way I'm going to lead us up, then we'll do Taylor, then Keegan. So uh, I personally would give this movie four disappointing protagonists out of nine. Um, Like, (laughs) you know, I give a lot of movies high ratings for like, you know, having an artistic vision that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, This movie doesn't get a high rating for that reason. I don't think that there was a lot of art behind it. Um, I also don't think there was a lot that I disagreed with behind the scenes. I think they were like, we're going to make a movie based on a video game. We're going to throw a few million dollars at it, see what pops out. And that's what it looks like. You know, it's, it's, you know, like it's not super low budget. It's not super high budget. It's just something that seems like they cashed in on a franchise that's doing pretty well. Can't really blame them for it. Don't think it's like a standout example of like what a tie-in movie can be. But at the same time, as a fan of the series, it was entertaining to watch. It's better for me than them making, like, another Iron Man movie or something, to be completely honest. Fuck you, know, you.
2: You haven't seen the movie. Yeah, you, you don't have no have idea what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> Jesus.
0: The Iron Man movies are the ones I have seen. Keep up, boys. Oh, I'm sorry. But, uh... That's
2: right. You only know the Tony you're Stark
0: right. timeline.
2: <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, so
0: uh, fuck off. I'm going to stick with my four <laughs> disappointing protagonists.
2: Out of nine, uh, I, I'm at, I'm at, uh, I'm at one out of ten anal bead bracelets. I, <laughs> there's nothing. It's just like WWE, man. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't think it's contributing to more violence in society. Like I ain't getting on any puritanical streak about it. It just ain't for me. It just, it's not. I don't. I think that's probably why I didn't get drawn into the Mortal Kombat video games, because I was like, this is just Smash Brothers, but or I think it was there before Smash Brothers, anyway. But like, I think it's fine. I think it's all fine. It's all fine. It's just not, not for me, man. <laughs> all right, Keegan.
1: Man, coming in with the final hour, I really thought I liked this movie until you compared it to uh, Smash Bros. And now I'm like, I hated this movie. It's it awful <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think, like, I, I'm falling squarely in the middle of you two in this review. I think I don't have, like, the diehard attachment that Hank seems to. And I don't, you know, hate this or, or feel any kind of disattachment in the way that Taylor does. If I had to give it, like, a score, I'd say 55 out of 115 god-awful Sonya Blade one-liners. <laughs> it's, uh, it's perfectly <laughs> adequate, right? Like, if you think, if someone says the words, like... Fun action movie to you, right? But the first place your mind probably goes is like Fast and Furious, right? Something that's like disposable and dumb, but you can watch it while inebriated Whoa. with your friends. I'm not, no one's gonna make the argument that any of these movies are highbrow or you know, subversions like a John Wick yeah, or something a yeah. little higher, you know, of, of the element, right? This is something that's like very consumable. I ate my popcorn. I had fun. I wanted to play the video games after. I went on Amazon. I maybe looked up some of the action figures. I want to see if there were any cool ones <laughs> coming out of it, right? Any replicas of Kung Lao's hat. It's, it's exactly what you think. Like, <laughs> I I cannot drive how, how obsessed I am with Kung Lao's hat. But, you know, it's this is exactly what you want out of, like, a fun summer flick. It came out in the spring. This is, like, very much like a fun June movie that you guys would see in theaters when you're in high school with some friends you'd laugh at it while you're in the theaters it's it's perfectly enjoyable but in five years am i going to think of this as the greatest you know this is the one that broke the video game movie curse no nah, definitely not not at all but eh, i don't hate it i would watch it again in the background so uh perfectly in the middle on this
0: yeah i i think that kind of sums up the movie it's not great. If you like Mortal Kombat and fun action movies, you'll probably have a good time. Don't pay attention to the script. Um but with There was a script. <laughs> yeah, the the actors weren't aware either. Um But with that, I think it's time to talk about what we're doing next week at rotating reels so i've already mentioned that tonight uh we're going to be recording the really good movie awards <laughs> for rotating reels after hours if you're interested in that there's a patreon i told you all about it but next week for our main episode that's available to you know anyone all platforms the free one we're doing another tay week we're back to the a week b week it's b week it's tay week so tay week what a Ta- not Tay Week, Taylor. <laughs> what have you got for us?
2: I'm so excited. So we're watching 2007's The Man from Earth. Have either of you guys seen this? I haven't. I haven't even heard yeah, of this. Yes. Yay! So it is. Uh, I'll read. I'll read the IMDb blurb, and I'm. am only going to read part of it. Don't you guys look anything up? Okay. If you're listening, don't look anything up. The 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 cover art for the you know when it was on VHS terrible. Don't look. Literally look nothing up. Just the movie watch it so but i'll read the little tiny blurb that i'm gonna edit the in, an impromptu goodbye party for a professor becomes a mysterious interrogation after the retiring scholar reveals to his colleagues he has a longer and stranger past than they can imagine so m- the extreme majority of the movie takes place in an empty living room so uh, this it's almost like a play um, so it's just dialogue cause we were talking about, when we were getting ready to do the release, the really good movies Ooh. that we didn't have any movies that were super script heavy. And I thought, you know what? This movie is all script. There is basically nothing else going on in this movie. Um, and some of the cast is really good. Some of the cast are, are, you know, unknowns, I think even today, but some of them are people that have done stage work and everything else. So there's some pretty good stuff in there. Um, and I'm so stoked. I don't want to say anything more. I'm so stoked to hear you guys. I've, I've watched this movie maybe 10 times. Oh my God. I keep getting, I, it's not like I get more out of it, but I just think about it more. There's a lot of, of really deep questions that'll, I, I hope will will you'll take with you after you finish the movie.
0: Okay. I'm excited. Um, I, uh, it's probably off base. Maybe it's not, but like what you described has me kind of picturing, like who's scared of Virginia Woolf. Um, which I've watched recently and really enjoyed. Um, So I'm excited for that. You said The Man from Earth?
2: The Man from Earth. And there's a a sequel movie that's terrible, but I liked it because I liked the original so much. (laughs) So if you finish and you want, you know what? This is kind of weird and I want more of it. Don't worry. They got you covered.
0: (laughs) All right. So join us next week for The Man from Earth. Uh, I mean, preferably before you join us, go look it up watch it get ready for that spoiler review and we're going to be back in a week's time talking all about it if you need us before then check us out on patreon we've got a couple great episodes of rotating reels after hours up and next up we've got the reallys the really good movie awards so uh that's going to be you know fantastic boombastic it's going to be everything you could want it to be
2: Dude, the Patreon's getting better than the main channel. The main, like the main content we're putting out. We're we're doing, we're doing a lot of fun on the Patreon. Yeah. You guys gotta get over there. My boss called
0: me up the other day. He's like, Hank, just just quit. I heard what you have on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, if if you're listening to this, I'm not going to quit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Peter, if you're listening to this,
0: I will quit. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that's going to be a wrap for this week's uh, review of Mortal Kombat. Thanks, everyone, that's listened to this part, and we'll see you again in one week's time. Flawless victory.